Well, hi, everybody. How are we doing today? Good. All five of you are happy to be joining me today. No, just kidding. All right. Well, welcome everybody to City First Church. I want to take a quick second and welcome our Cape Coral location, our amazing State Line location, who is joining us in the room online. And of course, can we all give it up for our God behind bars crew, Dixon and Hardy, and all of you watching on the Pando app around the nation at different correctional facilities. We are so glad to have you a part of City First Church and our family here. So you guys, we are in this iconic series, as you just saw up on the screen, right? And uh, our theme for this year at our church is iconic. And to be an icon is something that points to something that is greater than itself. And we as followers of Jesus Christ are meant to be an icon or the image of God in this world to reflect him and to be image bearers. And we are looking at different ways that Jesus asks us to live. And those ways are found in the Bible, in God's word. And so we're going to be talking in this series about different things like selflessness and forgiveness and compassion. But I want to do this real quick, okay? I want to free us from something here today. And what I'm about to say is going to throw some of you way off, all right? Some of you way off. As we are talking about how to live like Jesus in the different areas of our lives, it is important for us to remember this. Okay, you ready? Stop relying on you to change you. Stop relying on you to change you. Now, I just made some of you very uncomfortable. And I know what you're thinking. Well, Jen, if I don't work hard, and if I don't exercise my, my willpower, things aren't going to happen. They're not going to happen. Jen, are you saying that we just sit back and do nothing when it comes to living like Jesus, to becoming an accurate reflection of him in our world? Not really, not all the way, but let me explain it like this, okay? Our youngest son, Paxton, has a speech delay. He has special needs, and so he has this device called, we call it a talker, okay? And it helps him communicate. It helps him to be able to tell us what he wants and what he needs, not just at home, but also at school. And so what happens is, I can't tell you how many times I have gone and plugged the in at night, the talker in at night, because it needs to be powered up and ready for the next day. And then I will get up the next morning and I will go to get the talker and pack up his backpack. And all of a sudden I look and it hasn't charged a bit. It's dead. All right, how many of you, this has ever happened to you? Not with your talker, but with your phone, with your laptop. Okay, happens to Lisa all the time on the phone. You know, I just totally like ratted her out. She'll be like, why is my phone dead? Right, but we've all been here. Okay, we've all been like, seriously, what happened? So then what do we do once we find out it's dead? We follow the cord and we're like, what happened? And usually what has happened in our house is somebody has unplugged the talker and plugged something else into that outlet. And I'm like, guys, you know, once you do that, <laughs> you got to plug things back in so that it powers up. Or what happens too is that we kind of follow the cord and it's kind of like, you know, the plug-in is just kind of hanging out of the outlet. It wasn't truly being connected. And our spiritual life, you guys, is a lot like Paxton's Talker or a lot like our laptop or our phones. 
when we are not plugged into the power source. It's hard. In fact, I would say it is impossible to live like Jesus. It's impossible. Some of you have been striving. Some of you are hearing this iconic series and you're like, that's right, I gotta try to be more like Jesus. I'm gonna just try my hardest, but here's the deal. Guess what, we have to be connected to the power source. So as followers of Jesus Christ, what is our power source? We're gonna look at Galatians chapter five, verses 22 and 23. And it talks about the fruit of the spirit, which basically is like, how do we live iconic? Okay, how do we live iconic? And I'm gonna read out of the Amplified version right now, and it's a little wordy, so you have to bear with me a little bit, okay? But it tells us what the power source is. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit, living iconic, the result of his presence within us is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is what this verse is saying, okay? Because it talks about the result of his presence, okay? Is this, is that our reflection of Jesus is the result of our connection with Jesus. Our reflection is a result of our connection. It's not a result of your, I'm trying my hardest, right? I've tried to live that way with Jesus and guess what, I found myself no better off. But when I'm connected to Jesus, that's when I can start to reflect him. And as your pastor, I wanna challenge you with something, okay, during this series, and then hopefully it's beyond this series, all right? I want you to set aside 10 to 15 minutes a day to pray, which is just talking to God. Don't make it overcomplicated, you guys. Prayer is just you talking to God like you talk to a best friend, okay? Pray and then open God's word and read the Bible which is God's words to you. So that's us hearing from him and talking to him. This is connection with Jesus, this setting aside a time and talking to him and reading his word. Um, and in fact, each and every week during the Psychonic series, and Adam's gonna come up at the end or your host is gonna come at the end and tell you how to do this. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna give you a reading plan that can, will help you, okay? So this week, we're talking about forgiveness. Well, the reading plan and the devotional plan available to you is gonna talk about forgiveness and how to expand on what we're talking about here. This is an easy tool for you guys to know, okay, this is how I can connect with Jesus. It's how I connect with him. Because following Jesus, you guys listen, you gotta hear this. It's not about a list of do's and don'ts. It's well beyond that. And some of you, maybe you even grew up in church and you're like, no, 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 it's a list of do's and don'ts. No, it's not a list of do's and don'ts. Rather, it is about being in relationship with Jesus Christ and relationship with him and learning how to be more like him with the help of the Holy Spirit. And that happens when we connect with him daily because isn't that the truth, okay? Our devices, our phones, our laptops, they need to be charged every day. What would have happened if we were only to charge them once a week on Sundays, <laughs> right? No, every single day, it, don't, it doesn't take a ton of time, but carve out time to connect. And let's just see, okay, what happens, how you reflect once you connect because we need the help of the Holy Spirit in order to walk like Jesus. And boy, do we need help, right? Nudge your neighbor and look at them and say, boy, do you need help? Boy, do you need help? We need his help, you guys, because many, is, many of the ways that Jesus asks us to live, 
listen to this, a really tall order for us as humans. But he knew that, okay? And that is true of this week's topic, okay? We're going to be talking today about forgiveness. Forgiveness. And this is a really loaded subject. You know, there's the old quote, in life there is nothing that is certain next to death and taxes. Like the only thing in life that's certain is death and taxes. Well, I'd like to add a third certain to that, okay? And this is what I think it is, is that we will have plenty of opportunities, sometimes daily, to carry an offense, to hold a grudge, or to be bitter and angry at someone. It is certainly going to happen. Someone will say something about you. Do something to you. Act a certain way. Forget something that was important to you. Treat you unkind or unfair. Cheat you out of something. Betray you or hurt you. And even as I'm talking, some of you have a person or a situation in mind. And even as I'm talking, your blood's starting to boil, right? Thinking about it. And it's also starting to boil because now you're going to know I'm talking about forgiveness when it comes to the situation. So as followers of Jesus, what do we do in these situations? How do we respond when someone has hurt us? You know, one of Jesus' disciples, which is just a real fancy word for saying someone who was a close follower of Jesus, also had a similar question. We're going to read the story about this question found in Matthew chapter 18. If you have your Bible with you, you can turn to Matthew chapter 18, or the verse is going to be up on the screen. So we're going to dive in, and we're going to listen to verse 21. It says this, Then Peter came to him, meaning Jesus, and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times. So what Peter is really asking here, you guys, is, Jesus, what limits do you suggest for forgiveness? What limits are there? You know, like how many times should I actually forgive? What's the ceiling, Jesus? What is it? Because if we're really honest, we all want to know this, right? How much is too much forgiveness? How much is too much? Does this one like medium-sized thing deserve to be forgiven, but then this really big thing doesn't deserve to be forgiven? So what, how much do we forgive, Jesus? And then Jesus replies, he says this in verse 22, it says, no. Peter, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. 70 times seven. What? So is Jesus saying that we should forgive someone 490 times? 490 times. No, I don't think he's actually saying that. You know what I think he's saying? He's saying stop keeping count. Stop keeping count. He's saying there are no limits to what I'm asking you to forgive. And if we're all honest, when I say something like that, we're all thinking, really, Jesus? Really, Jen? You want me to forgive that spouse that cheated on me? Well, it gets really quiet in here. Because once you make this idea of forgiveness down to where we live and the things that have happened to us and the things that are truly a part of our story, it kind of hits home. You want me to forgive Jesus, that person who assassinated my character on social media? You want me to forgive that person who abused me? That person who said hurtful things to me and about me? And Jesus would say, yes. But how? 
How do we do that? And is it even possible? I mean, right, is it even possible? But here, listen, okay? Here is the good news about 70 times seven. So I want you to lean in, okay? Are you all like on the edge of your seat, okay? We're at the edge of your couch, okay? And are you ready? I mean, I want you got your notebooks out and your pens and you're ready to write this down, okay? Because this is the important thing about this message. You have your note app and open, note app open. Try and say that three times fast. Note app open on your phone. I mean, ready. Because I want to tell you guys what 70 times 7, the strength of it is. We are going to have to wait till the end. So you're going to have to wait till the end. So just be ready, okay? So what happens here? What happens after Jesus answers Peter 70 times 7? Well, Jesus, like he did so often, he goes into a story that I want to read for us today because it explains, he expounds on 70 times seven. So let's continue in verse 23. Jesus tells the story. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors who brought, was brought to him who owed him millions of dollars. Everybody say millions, millions, millions of dollars. He couldn't pay. So his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, his children, and everything he owed, to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me, and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him, and he released him and forgave his debt. See, Jesus tells this story of what his kingdom is like, his way is like. And he tell us, tells us about this gracious, gracious king who is getting his books in order, okay? He's getting his books in order. It comes to his attention that one of his clients or one of his debtors owes him how much? Millions of dollars. That's a lot of money, right? It's a lot of money to me. Does that stress anybody else out? I mean, really, I want you to put yourself in the story. You're the man that owns millions of dollars. You owe millions of dollars, and you're being called to the master whom you owe it to. You owe it to him. Imagine the tension in the story, the stress, the fear, the heaviness of the man who owed the debt. I mean, I ask myself these kinds of questions when I read these stories. What did the man do to incur a million dollars worth of debt? in Jesus's time. Huh? What did he do? Was he careless? Was he a poor manager of funds? Did something unforeseen happen like a pandemic <laughs> to him and now his business is upside down? We don't know how he got to this point, right? But we know that he owed millions. But we do know this. We don't know how he got there, but we know that he owed a debt that he could not pay. He owed a debt that he could not pay. And in order to make it right, something had to be done. So the king gives the order so that the bill can be paid. He has to lose everything. He has to lose everything, his family, his friends, his personal freedom, his everything, everything he owned, gone. Upon hearing this verdict from the master, the man does what we would all do, by the way. He fell to his knees. And he begged the master, right? Be patient with me and I will pay. And this is the beautiful part of the story. The gracious king doesn't just extend patience or kindness or time. 
The king looks on this man with compassion, and he does the unthinkable. He extends complete forgiveness of his debt. He erases the debt from the books, and instead of owing what? Millions. He now owes zero. Zero. Wow. Do you guys know what this story is? It's the story of us. It's the story of us. It is a picture of the generous, limitless, immeasurable, vast, inexhaustible forgiveness that God extends to us through his son, Jesus Christ. We are that man who needed the debt paid. You and me, we had the sin debt that we could not pay. What is sin? It simply means this, to miss the mark. And we've all missed the mark. Nudge your spouse and say, you missed the mark. The Bible talks about how we've all missed the mark. We've all sinned and fallen short of God's perfection and that the wages of sin is death, which means this, losing everything. Losing everything. But the beautiful good news of Jesus is that when we recognize our sin and call on his name, we can be saved and forgiven. Our debt of sin and shame erased, and now he gives us life and life to the fullest. You know, like this man, I don't know what you've done or what you did to incur the debt you have. I don't know. We all have a sin debt. I don't know what you did to deserve yours or what you did to incur that debt. But regardless, listen, the king extends complete forgiveness for what we owe. Complete forgiveness for what we owe. What a glorious thought. Anybody else in this place grateful for Jesus today? Anybody else? You know, it is my prayer that all of us, whether you're in the room or whether you're watching online, that today we would have an aha moment. That this story would be an aha moment by the grace of God. That we would have an understanding. Or how about this? For some of us, it's a revelation. We've never heard this before. And some of you, it needs to be a renewed, like just, wow. Oh my goodness, this is me. Jesus forgave all my sins, everything I've ever done up until this point. And he's going to forgive all of the sins beyond this point, which would be the equivalent of millions of dollars worth of debt, right? This is the point of this story, is that an unrepayable debt was owed and God forgave it. But the story doesn't end there. Jesus keeps going, all right? And we're going to continue in verse 28, because what does the man do after he's been forgiven this amazing debt? It says this, but when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. Everybody say thousand, thousand, a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Those words had just come out of his mouth. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? This guy's a jerk, right? I mean, come on, what a punk. Are you kidding me? You literally just had how much? Millions of dollars of debt forgiven. And now you are grabbing somebody by the throat for thousands. 
for thousands. You were able to keep your freedom and your family, but you imprisoned someone who could not pay you back. You guys see what Jesus is doing here in the story, don't you? <laughs> He's painting a picture. He is showing us the duplicity of us having our sins erased and our debt forgiven, yet we won't extend forgiveness to our fellow man who has sinned against us. Wow, it's duplicitous. It's duplicitous. It's a little quiet in here today. Are you still with me? You still like me? I did my hair straight for you today. You still like me? I know some of us may be feeling a little uncomfortable in here. It's a story, it kind of wrecks you a little bit. It's powerful. And if we're all honest, and if I'm honest with you, I've been guilty of this. And you probably have too. Let's continue in our story. Let's see what happens to the man who didn't forgive the thousands. It says this, starting in 31, verse 31. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset, as we would be. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. Wow. Jesus doesn't stop there. He keeps going. You ready? Put your seatbelt on for this one because Jesus, he doesn't hold, pull any punches here. And this is what Jesus says. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Wow. From your heart. And what you're thinking, okay, Jen, this is not nice, warm, fuzzy Jesus. We like nice, warm, fuzzy Jesus better. Well, this is Jesus, and he is serious because he seriously loves us and this world. And do we understand that we live this type of iconic forgiveness that Jesus is asking us to do? Guess what? We are actually a part of bringing his will down to this earth. We are a part of that. Jesus is saying this to us today, I believe. You accepted my free gift of forgiveness. Now I'm asking you to extend it. I'm asking you to extend it. You know, this is what I love about this story. Do you understand that, you know, the man still did owe thousands. So Jesus isn't saying the person who has hurt you didn't do anything. Does that make sense? He's saying, no, 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 it was still a debt. It was still a debt. So Jesus isn't being flippant about this. Jesus knows that we carry true hurt and that we carry true um, things, that, things that have happened to us that can cause us to be bitter and angry and hurtful. So he's not saying ignore it. You know, here at City First, we talk quite a bit about forgiveness. And for some odd reason, they always ask me to talk about forgiveness. I don't know why. I think it's because they know who I live with. That, every day, lots, things. just kidding, babe. <laughs> but you guys know this, that there truly are benefits to forgiveness, actually scientifically proven benefits to forgiveness, to letting go of grudges, to letting go of hurts. 
We said all the things here at City First Church over the years about forgiveness, about how it's not, how not forgiving someone is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. That unforgiveness will keep you forever linked to the person who hurt you. We've talked about how forgiveness isn't letting someone off the hook for what they did to you. We've talked about how forgiveness, you know, it actually, um, when, we, when we let them go, we're actually being set free from people. We've communicated that forgiveness doesn't mean there aren't boundaries, okay? There aren't boundaries set up for certain people. There are, just because of this, you guys know this, all right? I got to set you free with something here too, is that the Bible never talks about forgiveness and reconciliation once in the same passage together. Meaning this, that there's sometimes that we just have to forgive. What did that, that passage say? From our heart. That doesn't mean that God's asking you to go and be best friends with that person. Reconciliation is separate from forgiveness. That's a whole nother message. But what are we doing in our heart? Because truly forgiveness is a heart issue. It's a heart issue. And all the things we've said through the years are true. And I am fully aware you guys fully aware, lest you think I'm being insensitive, that in a church with thousands of people, that I know this, that means there's thousands of stories. And that means there is a lot of hurt and a lot of opportunity for heavy burdens of unforgiveness and lots of things that have happened. The stories are countless in this place. But Jesus still asks us to forgive. Why? Because he cares enough to show us a better way, to teach us, to guide us, to help us. So to sum things up today, and this whole iconic series, to be real honest with you, could be this. The way of Jesus is not the way of the world. The way of Jesus is not the way of the world. And the way of Jesus is 70 times seven. 70 times seven, and I know I left you hanging earlier. I'm gonna give you that other good news about 70 times seven, okay? Because yes, it does mean that there's no limits on forgiveness, but it also means this, I believe, it's this, that forgiveness is a process. 490, guys, is a process. So what does that process look like? It means just keep forgiving over and over, over and over, even when you don't feel like it, even when it doesn't make sense even when you can't forget what that person did to you. The truth is, is that some hurts are big and deep and ugly and forgiveness will be a process, a process. I want, to tr want you to try something, okay? I want you to try something because what does a process look like? Every single day, this is our takeaway from today, okay? Every single day, I want you to just take some time and I want you to sit down, maybe in your time where you're connecting with God, I want you to put your hands out and I want you to simply say this, Jesus, thank you for the forgiveness that you provided me. Thank you for the forgiveness of my sins. And today, with your help, I choose to forgive that person that hurt me. Help me to do that and fill in their name Tell Jesus what it was he wants to hear from you. And this is what I want you to do. Every single day, do that. Just every single day, keep doing it. It's, it's called this, practice forgiveness. 
practice forgiveness. And as you practice forgiveness, you will begin to see bitterness and anger and hurt and resentment and hate chipped away from your heart. How do I know? Well, first of all, Jesus asked us to do it, but secondly, from personal experience, you guys. Sometimes I think you guys can think, oh, since you're pastors, you guys just float around on a cloud. And maybe things don't hurt you as deeply. Oh no, things hurt deeply. But this is what I've learned, that when I have let go and when I've daily said, God, I forgive, I forgive, I forgive, I forgive, I forgive, that anger and that bitterness has slowly begun to be chipped off of my heart. Because I don't want to walk around bitter and angry. And I don't think you do either. And part of you living the life to the fullest that God has for you is by you beginning that process of forgiveness. Some hurts are big, like I just said, and some will be small. On those small things, you guys, forgive quickly. Forgive quickly. Forgive quickly and forgive often. You know, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I wouldn't say that an earmark of our current culture is forgiveness, <laughs> right? Of canceling debt, of not being easily offended. Instead, we keep long lists of people who have wronged us, and then we do this, we make them pay. In all different kinds of ways, we make them pay. But as followers of Jesus, if we have made Jesus the leader and the forgiver of our life, he calls us to live differently. We are called to be icons, to be image bearers of Jesus in our families, in our workplaces, in our communities, in our neighborhoods. So we are called to forgive like him. Big hurts, little hurts, medium-sized hurts. In this forgiveness process, really quick, I want you to remember two things. First is this, remember your source. You can't forgive on your own. You can't make your hardened heart soft on your own. Remember your source, stay connected to Jesus. You cannot reflect if you don't connect. Second, remember your story. Remember your story, remember what you have been forgiven and then go and extend likewise. Why don't we go ahead and pray and I've got two groups of people I'm gonna pray. So if every head bowed and every eye closed, if you are in this room today, or if you are watching online and you would say, Jen, when you were talking about the first part of that story, that first part of that story where the king forgave the debt, forgave the debt of the man who owed millions, and you were talking about how Jesus did that for us when we make him the leader and the forgiver of our lives. If you are in this place today and you say you want to receive that free gift of having your sin erased, Everything you've ever done, no matter what you did to get to where you are right now, the king says, I forgive you. Complete debt erased. And if you want to receive that gift from Jesus today, just slip up your hand right where you're at. I am, listen, I'm not gonna call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. This is just your way of saying, that's me today, Jesus. I wanna receive that gift. I wanna make Jesus the leader and the forgiver of my life. Yes, hands everywhere, and I believe hands online as well. You can go ahead and put your hands down, and we as a church are gonna pray this prayer together because we are in this together, and we don't want people to know, we don't want them to believe that they're praying this alone, that there's an army of people who are alongside of them. So let's pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, today I choose to make Jesus the leader and the forgiver of my life. I thank you for canceling my debt.
I receive your love. I receive your grace. And I receive your purpose today. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Can we give those who prayed that prayer a huge hand clap? It's awesome. Best decision you'll ever make. If you guys could close your eyes and bow your heads just one more time. I just want to pray for us in closing because this is a heavy topic. Heavenly Father, I come before you today. And God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that you love us so much. That you put this story smack dab in the word of God to show us, God, first of all, your great love for us and the amount of debt that you canceled for us personally. And then you also challenge us, God, to be people, God, who that will then extend the same forgiveness that was given to us. I pray that you would give my friends courage, that you would give them strength, God, that you would give them the ability, God, to daily, God, lay down that hurt and to forgive the person who wronged them. God, we thank you that as we are connected with you, that you will be the one who helps us reflect, reflect who you are in this world. We love you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let's give Jesus a hand clap.